Hello and welcome back to the Bible Podcast, where we read through the Bible in a year, just a few chapters each day. Today is March 22nd. We're reading through Judges. Today we're reading chapters 9, 10, and 11. Let's get started. Judges chapter 9. Abimelech, son of Gideon, also known as Jerobbaal, went to his mother's brothers at Shechem and told them, and all his mother's relatives, please ask all the leaders of Shechem, what's best for you, that seventy men, all of them Jerobbaal's sons, rule over you, or just one man? Remember, I'm your own flesh and blood. His mother's brothers shared his proposal with all the leaders of Shechem, and they decided to follow Abimelech because they said, He is our relative. They gave him seventy shekels of silver from the temple of Baal Berith. Abimelech used the money to hire some arrogant troublemakers as his gangsters. He went to his father's house in Ophrah, and on one stone killed his seventy half-brothers, the sons of Jerobbaal. But Jotham, Jerobbaal's youngest son, escaped by going into hiding. Then the leaders of Shechem and Beth Milo all assembled at the oak at the pillar in Shechem and made Abimelech their king. When Jotham got to hear this, he went up to the top of Mount Gerizim and shouted in a loud voice, Listen to me, leaders of Shechem, if you want God to listen to you. Once upon a time the trees were determined to anoint a king to rule over them. They said to the olive tree, You shall be our king. But the olive tree replied, Should I stop giving my rich oil that benefits both gods and men, just to go and sway to and fro over the trees? Then the trees asked the fig tree, You come and be our king. But the fig tree replied, Should I stop giving my good sweet fruit just to go and sway to and fro over the trees? Then the trees asked the grapevine, You come and be our king. But the grapevine replied, Should I stop giving my wine that makes both gods and men happy? just to go and sway to and fro over the trees? Then all the trees asked the thorn bush, You come and be our king. The thorn bush replied to the trees, If you're really sincere about anointing me as your king, come and find shelter in my shade. But if not, may fire flame out of the thorn bush and burn up the cedars of Lebanon. Have you acted sincerely and honestly by making Abimelech your king? Have you been acting honorably to Jerobbaal and his family? Have you respected him for all that he accomplished? Don't forget how my father fought for you and risked his own life to save you from the Midianites, but you have rebelled against my father's family today. You have killed his seventy sons on one stone and have made Abimelech the son of his slave woman, king over the leaders of Shechem simply because he's related to you. Have you acted sincerely and honestly towards Gideon and his family today? If so, may you be happy with Abimelech, and may he be happy with you. But if you haven't, then may fire flame out from Abimelech, and may it burn up the leaders of Shechem and Beth Milo, and may fire flame out from the leaders of Shechem and Beth Milo, and burn up Abimelech. Then Jotham escaped and ran away. He went to Beer and stayed there because of the threat of Abimelech, his brother. Abimelech ruled over Israel for three years. Then God sent an evil spirit to cause trouble between Abimelech and the leaders of Shechem. The leaders of Shechem betrayed Abimelech. This happened because of the murder of the seventy sons of Gideon, and that responsibility for their blood was placed on Abimelech, their brother, who killed them, and on the leaders of Shechem, 
who provided the means to kill his brothers. The leaders of Shechem sent men to the hill passes to lie in wait and attack Abimelech, and in the meantime, they robbed everyone who passed by on the road. Abimelech found out what was happening. Gaul, son of Ebed, had moved to Shechem with his relatives, and he gained the loyalty of the leaders of Shechem. At harvest time, they went out into the countryside and gathered the grapes from their vineyards and trod them. They celebrated by having a festival in the temple of their god, where they ate and drank and cursed Abimelech. Who is this Abimelech? asked Gaul, son of Ebed. And who is Shechem, that we should have to serve him? Isn't he the son of Gideon, while Zebul is actually the one in charge? You should serve the family of Hamor, the father of Shechem. Why should we have to serve Abimelech? If I was the one in charge of you people, I would dispose of Abimelech. I would tell him, get your army together and come and fight. When Zebul, the governor of the city, got to hear what Gaul was saying, he became very angry. He secretly sent messengers to Abimelech to tell him, Look, Gaul, son of Ebed, and his relatives have arrived in Shechem, and they are stirring up the town to rebel against you. So come at night with your army and hide in the countryside. In the morning, as soon as the sun comes up, go and attack the town. When Gaul and his men come out to fight you, you can do whatever you want to them. Abimelech left at night along with his army, and they separated into four companies that lay in wait near Shechem. When Gaul, son of Ebed, went out and stood at the town's entrance gate, Abimelech and his army came out from where they had been hiding. Gaul saw the army approaching and said to Zebul, Look, some people are coming down from the hilltops. That's just shadows made by the hills that look like men, Zebul replied. No, really, people are coming down from the high ground, Gaul repeated. Plus, there's another company coming down the road that passes the diviner's oak tree. Where's your big mouth now? You're the one who said, Who is this Abimelech that we should have to serve him? Zebul told him. Aren't these the people you detested? Go on then. Go and fight with them. So Gaul led the leaders of Shechem out of the town and fought with Abimelech. Abimelech attacked and chased him and his men as they ran away. Killing many of them as they tried to get back to the town gate, Abimelech went back to Aruma, while Zebel expelled Gaul and his relatives from Shechem. The following day, the people of Shechem went out to the fields, and Abimelech was informed about it. He divided his army into three companies and had them lay in ambush in the fields. When he saw the people coming out of the city, he attacked and killed them. Abimelech and his company raced to occupy the town's entrance gate, while the two companies raced to attack everyone in the fields and kill them. The battle for the town lasted all day, but eventually Abimelech captured it. He killed the people, demolished the town, and scattered salt all over the ground. When all the leaders of the Tower of Shechem realized what had happened, they took refuge in the strong room of the Temple of El Berith. When Abimelech found out that all the leaders in the Tower of Shechem had gathered there, he and all the men with him went up Mount Zalman. Abimelech grabbed hold of an axe and cut a branch from the trees. He lifted it onto his shoulder and told his men, Quick, you saw what I did. Do the same. Each of them cut down a branch and followed Abimelech. They placed the branches against the strong room and set it on fire. So all the people who lived in the tower of Shechem died, around 1,000 men and women. Then Abimelech went to attack the Bez and captured it. But there was a strong tower inside the city. All the men and women and the town leaders ran there and barricaded themselves in, and then went up to the roof of the tower. 
Abimelech went up to the tower to attack it, but as he came close to the tower's entrance to set it on fire, a woman dropped millstones down on Abimelech's head and cracked his skull wide open. He quickly called the young man who carried his weapons and ordered him, Draw your sword and kill me, so they won't say that a woman killed Abimelech. So the young man drove his sword through him, and he died. When the Israelites saw that Abimelech was dead, they all left and went home. This is how God paid back Abimelech's crime against his father of murdering his seventy brothers. He also repaid the people of Shechem for their evil, and the curse of Jotham, son of Jerubbaal, came down upon them. Chapter 10 After Abimelech's time, Tola, son of Pua, son of Dodo, from the tribe of Issachar, came on the scene to save Israel. He lived in the town of Shamir, in the hill country of Ephraim. He led Israel as a judge for twenty-three years, then he died and was buried in Shamir. After Tola came Jair, from Gilead, who led Israel as a judge for twenty-two years. He had thirty sons who rode thirty donkeys. They had thirty towns in the land of Gilead, which to this day are called the towns of Jair. Jair died and he was buried in Cammon. Once again the Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They worshipped the Baals and the Ashtoreths, as well as the gods of Aram, Sidon, and Moab, and the gods of the Ammonites and Philistines. They rejected the Lord and did not worship him. So the Lord became angry with Israel, and he sold them to the Philistines and the Ammonites. That year, and for eighteen more years, they harassed and oppressed the Israelites, all the Israelites that lived on the east side of the Jordan in Gilead, the land of the Amorites. The Ammonites also crossed the Jordan to attack Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim, causing terrible trouble for Israel. The Israelites cried out to the Lord for help, saying, We have sinned against you, rejecting our God and worshiping the Baals. The Lord replied to the Israelites, Didn't I save you from the Egyptians, the Amorites, the Ammonites, the Philistines, the Sidonians, the Amalekites, and the Maonites? When they attacked you and you cried out to me for help, didn't I save you from them? But you have rejected me and worshipped other gods, so I won't save you again. Go and cry out for help to the gods you have chosen. Let them save you in your time of trouble. The Israelites said to the Lord, We have sinned. Treat us in whatever way you think you should. Only please save us now. So they got rid of the foreign gods they had and worshipped the Lord. And the Lord couldn't stand Israel's misery any longer. The Ammonite armies had been called up and were camped in Gilead. The Israelites assembled and camped at Mizpah. The commanders of the peoples of Gilead agreed among themselves. Whoever leads the attack on the Ammonites will become ruler over everyone who lives in Gilead. Judges chapter 11 Jephthah of Gilead was a strong fighter. He was the son of a prostitute and his father was Gilead. Gilead's wife gave him sons, who when they grew up, drove Jephthah away, telling him, You won't inherit anything from our father, because you are another woman's son. Jephthah ran away from his brothers and went to live in the land of Tob. A gang of troublemakers joined him and he led them out on raids. Later on, the Ammonites were at war with Israel. As the Ammonites were attacking Israel, the elders of Gilead came to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. Come and be our army commander, they asked Jephthah so we can fight the Ammonites. Weren't you the ones who hated me and drove me from my father's house? Jephthah asked him. Why are you coming to me now that you're in trouble? Yes, that's why we've turned to you now, the elders of Gilead replied. 
Come with us and fight the Ammonites, and you will be the leader of all the people of Gilead. So if I go back with you and fight the Ammonites, and the Lord makes me victorious, then I'll be your leader? Jephthah asked the elders of Gilead. The Lord will be a witness between us, they replied. We'll do whatever you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him their leader and army commander. And Jephthah repeated all his conditions before the Lord at Mizpah. Then Jephthah sent the messengers to the king of the Ammonites to ask him, What have you got against me that you want to attack my land? The king of the Ammonites replied to Jephthah's messengers, Israel seized my land when they came from Egypt. It extended from the Arnon River to the Jabbok River and across to the Jordan River. So give it back and there'll be no fighting. Jephthah sent messengers back to the king of the Ammonites to tell him, This is Jephthah's reply. The Israelites did not take any land from Moab or from the Ammonites. When they left Egypt, the Israelites went through the desert to the Red Sea and arrived at Kadesh. They sent messengers to the king of Edom, saying, Please let us pass through your country. But the king of Edom refused to listen. They also sent the same request to the king of Moab, and he refused too. So they remained at Kadesh. Eventually, the Israelites traveled through the desert, avoiding the lands of Edom and Moab. They arrived on the east side of the land of Moab and camped on the other side of the Arnon River. But they did not enter Moab territory, for the Arnon River was its border. Then the Israelites sent messengers to Sion, king of the Amorites, who ruled from Heshbon, and asked him, Please let us pass through your land to our own country. But Sion did not trust the Israelites to pass through his territory, so he assembled his army, set up camp at Jahaz, and attacked the Israelites. However, the Lord, the God of Israel, handed over Sion and all his people to the Israelites who defeated them. So the Israelites took over all the land inhabited by the Amorites. They occupied all the territory of the Amorites from the Arnon River to the Jabbok River and from the desert to the Jordan River. It was the Lord, the God of Israel, who drove out the Amorites before his people Israel. So why should you take it over? Why don't you keep whatever your God Shemosh gave you, and we'll keep whatever the Lord our God has given us? Do you think you're so much better than Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever quarrel with Israel or attack them? Israelites have been living in Hezbon, Aroer, their villages, and in all the towns along the banks of the Arnon River for 300 years. Why didn't you take them back during that time? I have not sinned against you, but you have done me wrong by going to war against me. Let the Lord, the judge, decide today between the Israelites and the Ammonites. But the king of Ammon didn't pay any attention to what Jephthah had to say. Then the Spirit of the Lord came to Jephthah. He passed through Gilead and Manasseh, then on through Mizpah of Gilead. From there he advanced to attack the Ammonites. Jephthah made a solemn promise to the Lord, saying, If you make me victorious over the Ammonites, I will dedicate to the Lord whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me on my safe return from the battle. I will present it as a burnt offering. Jephthah advanced to attack the Ammonites, and the Lord gave him the victory over them. He soundly defeated them, capturing twenty cities from Aroer to the area around Minith, up as far as Abel Karamim. This is how the Ammonites were conquered by the Israelites. When Jephthah arrived home in Mizpah, there came his daughter out to meet him with tambourines and dancing. She was his only child. He had no son or daughter apart from her. The moment he saw her, he ripped his clothes in agony. And Jephthah cried out, Oh no, my daughter, you have crushed me completely. You have destroyed me. 
for I made a solemn promise to the Lord, and I can't go back on it. She replied, Father, you have made a solemn promise to the Lord. Do to me what you promised, for the Lord brought vengeance on your enemies, the Ammonites. Then she went on to say to him, Just let me do this. Let me walk through the hills for two months with my friends and grieve the fact that I'll never marry. You can go, he told her. He sent her away for two months, and she and her friends went into the hills and cried because she would never marry. When the two months were over, she returned to her father, and he did to her as he had promised. She was a virgin. This is the origin of the custom in Israel, that every year the young women of Israel leave for four days to weep in commemoration of the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite. So here at the end of that chapter, we see Jephthah go from great elation after his tremendous victory that the Lord had provided to tremendous sorrow upon seeing his daughter as the first thing that came out of his house. And he had to honor that covenant to the Lord. Looking back on this day in history, the first Indian massacre in America almost wiped out the settlements near Jamestown, Virginia. Colonists and Indians got along well at first as the English treated the various Indian tribes as independent powers and bought land from them by treaties. But mistrust gradually developed between the colonists and Indians and minor incidents flared into wars. On March 22, 1622, Chief Opachonkaraw led a furious assault along a 140-mile front, killing 347 colonists. The survivors retreated to Jamestown and laid plans to massacre the Indians. Twelve horrible and brutal years of warfare followed. Looking in, much as the Indians must have felt, the Ammonites resented the Israelites in their land. After all, the Ammonites had been there for decades and now the Israelites were invading their territory. Tempers flared and brutal, bloody incidents occurred. The Ammonites were determined to destroy God's people. The only leader Israel could find to deliver them was Jephthah, a despised exile whom they had to ask to come back to help them. Jephthah was a burning shame to his proud family. However, when threatened with extinction, the clan members swallowed their pride and begged for help. Jephthah fought and won a great victory. Looking deeper, our background doesn't doom us to defeat. Jephthah was the illegitimate son of his father with a prostitute and was hated by his half-brothers who drove him away from home. We must be careful whom we step on going up the ladder of success because we will meet them coming down. Jephthah's half-brothers had to beg for Jephthah's help. When we are anointed by God for a task, no one can stop us. Jephthah was obviously selected by God to lead Israel. Even though he was at first rejected, he rose to leadership. Negotiations should be the first step in trying to settle problems. Jephthah tried to persuade the Ammonites to settle their dispute peacefully, but they refused to do so. When we try to make deals with God, we always lose. Foolishly, Jephthah tried to bribe God to attain victory. He paid a dear price, the loss of his daughter's future. Let's pray. Help me, Lord, to be careful how I treat those with whom I disagree. It just might be that I may need their help one day. Amen. All right, saints, thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to being with you in Judges chapter 12.